Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Blog Talk Radio. Let's start with hope I threw it in the middle like a skipping stone The ripples one son of a gun Some would not have thought so But I stand here, commander-in-chief And I take that seriously But along the way A rogue ripple turned tidal to what I tried to do, a rebirth of a nation's hatred, red, white, and blue, is black in there too, seriously, one man, rewriting the book on bad behavior, maybe cheats the neighbors, feels he gets what they pay for, we can Pat him on the back and send him on through. No man's ignorance will ever be his virtue. Is this the best we can be? Seriously. Let's talk of fear and why I don't bring it in here. It's a dangerous word. Books to herd and we all bleed in the stampede. Fear makes a false friend indeed. And I take it seriously. Oh, hear me now. For the truth gets drowned out by a demigod flexing. A demigod flexing. history
seriously. Greetings, my name is Beverly D, and you are listening to the Truth to Power show, and today is Sunday, October the 27th, 2019, and we have Myron Rice with us, and he's going to be looking at Minnesota Rule 220 and RIS Publication 1212. So if you can go and uh, click on those and get a copy of them or look at it on your computer while he is discussing uh, both of those. And also I just want to say that no one is giving out legal advice. No one is giving out professional tax uh, information or advice here. We are only talking opinions only. Mr. Rice, is this you? How are you doing this evening? Yes, I am fine. Can you hear me all right? Yes, we can. Good, good. Beautiful. Um, Yeah, we're going to kind of help folks out. I've always get that question, how can I make money? I mean, I want to make money. I want to not spend no money. I want to be able to. Um, you know, keep whatever five or six jobs that I have, I want to keep those funds in my pocket as opposed to giving it to these corporations, which uh, we so often do because the way our parents were taught and our grandparents were taught and so forth down the line, down the line with that lousy education that we had to be slaves, that we had in that public school system to work for somebody else. I just want to sleep, you know, go what I call go down a rabbit hole. That's a term I heard. But we're going to go down a rabbit hole and kind of get a foundation together. And maybe we can point you to this foundation that you might be able to build up and understand what's necessary for you to be in a position of being a creditor, being an owner, being the principal, the grantor, the assignor, so these are all positions where you have a superior position than those uh, uh, corporations have. So we want to start. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to give you all the time to look up again. Looking at publication 1212, IRS publication 1212, page 7. Talk about nominee, first column, nominee. Have that in front of you. The other one is going to be in Michigan. Is MCL for Michigan Compiled Law 440.9303, Law Governing Perfection and Priority of Security Interest in Goods Covered by a Certificate of Title. That's a key. The Certificate of Titles is what we're going to be talking about, getting a superior position. For the rest of you who's not in Michigan, you can find it under UCC 9-303. So again, Michigan, MCL 440.9303. Those who are not in Michigan, is the UCC um, 9-303. I do believe, I think, I know Illinois does not have UCCs either. There are some states that do not have UCCs. They got under their own statutes of the state. So you have to figure out what it is. So the statutes are relative, relative to the UCC. The UCC is international, so it's in your code. You just have to find out where they get it at. And I do know people, uh, you know, in Michigan who go into court talking about UCC 1-308, all these reservations of rights and all that. No, you cannot mention UCC in Michigan. You 
go to jail for contempt. It's MCL 440.1308. Okay, so I just want to put that out there to let people understand that in Michigan, you don't talk UCC. They covered it up. They put it on another code, and all the numbers have been changed to letters, and all the letters have been changed to numbers. So that's why I'm giving you this particular code. But while you all look for these, I first want to get into if anyone out there, before we start talking what happened this week with me, uh, have any stories that they want to tell me or tell the audience out there, things that they've done, achieved, because we, we're trying to get in a different format here. I, You know, for the last couple of years, I'm the one that's been talking, and you all listening. It's going to get a point where it's not going to be that anymore. It really is. You don't have questions to ask me. Then what's the point of paying and staying on the call? I'm here to help people, so please, you know, call in with your questions. I do have another group that meets on Wednesday. This group is going to be dealing with things that they have done or they're in the process of doing. This is a do it kind of indication. You have to do it. You, and I mean, when you do things, you're going to scan it in. You're going to share with what you've done, not just say it. You want to see it. That you're doing something. You're trying to improve on yourself. And this is under the Zoom that we used to have after this show, but now we do it on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. The Zoom number is 675-305-0662. Wednesday, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and to 8 Maybe a little bit longer, depends on how this is going, but we had a nice little small group this past Wednesday, and they were talking among each other while I was doing some things. I'm listening in, uh, what, they're, what they're doing, especially when it comes down. Let me give you some of the basics that you, for me, that you need to have if you really want me to start helping you all out. Number one, you're going to have to get a birth certificate from the state. Number two, you need a birth certificate record or a born record at the county. Number three, you need an assumed name certificate from either Minnesota, North Carolina, or Texas. And there's a reason for that. But those are the three, an assumed name certificate from either Minnesota, North Carolina, or Texas. The fourth would be a, uh, you need to create a bid a bank as a secure party creditor on a non-UCC. A non-UCC is private, so those are the four items that you really need to have. And go through, and I'm going to show you what the things you need to put on top of each one of these certificates other than the non-UCC, which you're going to be registering to yourself. Everything is always registered to yourself and then put it in the newspaper. The publication is uh, in the paper is an official record. It's really an official record. You get an affidavit from the, uh, from the uh, newspaper stating no one argued it, no one discussed it, so therefore it becomes a law. We need to look at the maxims of law. That's definitely, you need to have maxims of law like coming straight from God. These are things that you can do to make what you have a priority, give it a priority position. The maximum of law is 10 of them. So 
just like the, you know, the, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, along those same lines. But they call it maxims of law. An affidavit is unrebutted. It becomes judgment. And what are affidavits doing? Affidavits are creating your own entity or your own document. Your own document is being created with an affidavit. So if I put an affidavit on top of a birth certificate, I'm creating my own birth certificate. If I put an affidavit on top of my certificate of title for my vehicle, I'm creating my Mr. own uh, certificate of title. Yes. Mr. Mr. Rice, you, you're not yes. coming in real clear. Okay. let me. I was sitting back. Let me sit up closer here. How's that sound? That's better. I'm okay now? Yeah, that's a little better. Hello? A, a little bit better? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear well, you good. This, okay. Yeah, I can hear you great. Uh, I think they're messing with our internet over here. But anyhow, um, I'm just saying that with the affidavits, they are creating new documents for yourself. You're going to be the new jurisdiction that's taken over. And we're going to talk about that when we start reading, reading into these laws and how to get a superior position over these certificate of title. All goods have a certificate of title. And that, again, that's another law you may want to look up. And that is, well, actually, I've already, already given it to you. That's a, a UCC 9-303 or uh, the, the uh, MCL 440.9303. We're trying to get a superior position over our certificate of titles that they issue us saying that we have a security interest. In other words, those certificate of titles are like lease agreements. You drive your car, you leasing it. You don't own it. You're leasing it. Your house, you got a title, you know, a, a warranty deed. It's not in your name. You didn't sign. Your, your signature is not at the bottom of a warranty deed. It's still in the owner's name. You didn't transfer it to yourself. Uh, same thing on your driver's license. This is a certificate of title. You get and a license is a permission from somebody to ride up and down the street. The things that you need to have that you need to turn in. You need to get a superior position on it because we're exercising as being a foreign entity. That's the key word. We are foreign entities to them. These attorneys, these lawyers. They work for the, uh, the, I would call it the City of London, not so much the Queen, but the City of London. They work under the City of London. They are foreigners. So are you. They have no contract unless you agree to it. You have to agree to the contract. So some of the things that I've done, and I mentioned last week how I mailed using a tax precure uh, for free. I mailed, I had 10 of them I mailed out. At uh, the time seven came back, uh, one of them was floating around the world. It went down. I, I'm in Michigan. I sent it to my capital in Lansing. It went down to Florida. I have no idea what it's doing in uh, Habitat, something like that. Florida, I have no idea what it's doing down in Florida. But anyway, I got the green card back a couple of days ago. So the green card finally came back. So I had ten of them, eight of them got delivered. You know, the two that I got back, well, one of my sentences I back out again, sort of uh, first class, which was only 95 cents. I ain't going to argue about 95 cents. 
The other one I was sending to my uh, state capital, to my secretary of state. And it was an important issue, a very important issue, uh, that I wanted to make sure that she received it. Because all the CCs that I, I sent it out to, they all got it. They, they all received it. This one came back. But apparently there's people in these post offices who decide that they don't want to send them through. So it never really got to its destination. Some post office in between. Now, what I have is a copy of each letter, the two letters, and I'm going to scan them in and send them to the United Postal Union and say that these this post office has decided not to deliver. They're impeding my mail. And I need you all to contact them and, I don't know, put a memo on the board or whatever they need to stop stopping our uh, foreign tax of foreign mail to go out and be delivered. But again, out of 10, eight of them got delivered. So that's a good record there for that. Um, some of the questions, I'm trying to look at some. I got some questions that were sent to me that I would probably address probably at the end of the hour. But the thing is, if there's anybody that has anything that they need comment on, again, this is an open forum kind of situation. You can set the tone or the, the subject matter. What is it that you want? What's on your mind? You know, because if you don't have anything, why are you even coming on the show? Because you, well, you want free stuff? Free stuff? Well, that's all you listen to get free stuff? Because, you know, you, you measure by your work. So if you get, when you get to them pearly days, skates, you measure about your works. Now, how many times you were on your knees praying? That didn't work. That don't work. You have to do this stuff. And if you don't gonna do it, please don't come on Wednesday call. Please do not come on Wednesday call. Cause I will cut you out. So nobody comes on this call on this Wednesday and just sit there and not say nothing. I don't know who you are. You may be the man behind the scenes, just you know, gathering information on me. I don't give a uh, you know, but personally, I don't care. But don't waste my time. Don't waste my other other folks who's calling in who wants to go through this stuff. They want to see it done. They've been in it for years and years and years. And I'm sorry, they haven't got the answer. I think I have some of the things that they would be very, you know, anxious to understand and listen to and listen on. What were you going to say, Beverly? Uh, I wanted to, the number to call in is 323-642-1586. Three two three six four two one five eight six and push the number one. And it's you know a lot of people are charging money for the information that you're getting here. I was looking at some place and they was charging fifteen hundred dollars. So you're getting free information. You need to like really uh, take advantage of this time and this information that you're getting here. We don't know how long you're going to be able to get it. This is a window of opportunity, so use it. Thank you very much. Now I've seen the fly. I've seen this. I have understanding that everyone don't read things like I read things. You remember, I had my own electrical engineering, electrical electronic engineering department for 18 years by myself, writing contracts, schematics, dictating what lines goes in a building, uh, construction. So I'm able to read things and pretty much come up with a pretty good
good answer of what they want, what's needed to get the job done. And believe me, I'm working on buildings, so I can't half-ass it. It cannot be not done perfect. It has to be perfected. So this is the way I operate. This is the way I see things. I see the way what it takes to do the job and do the job correctly from A to Z. And then I go back from Z to A. That's the way I am. That's the way I look at things. So I notice a lot of people, when they read, they don't, they're just reading. They're not understanding. It's not being absorbed in their mind. They're not comprehending. Thank you. Comprehending. You're not comprehending what you read. If you you read and you run into something, if you can't figure out what it is, then you stop. Get a Black's Law Dictionary. I found out you need the fourth edition of Black's Law. Because if you get the fourth edition and look at the word parentheses, which means that you can take anything in a parentheses, you can remove it from the sentence, and it does not change the structure of the sentence. It's still going to be worded and have the same meaning. In the fifth edition, they took it out. They took the whole parentheses out. So, it, so you need to go, I would say, the fourth edition. I hate to say it. Go to one of those old bookstores, and you may still have to pay $80 for a Black's Law Dictionary, but at least you get some terms that you would be able to use. That the fifth edition we do, have, do not uh, have the word parentheses. Yes. We do have a caller. Okay. Go ahead, Carl. Thank you. Somebody listening. Three, yes. Um, three one three six one eight. Go ahead. How you doing, Belly D? Myron, how you doing? Good. Okay. Great, great. Good. I'm calling about, um, Myron, do you have all your information in Scrab? I mean, do you have some of your information? No, no, no. Well, I'm specifically asking about the certificate of identity. Do you have, uh, I got questions on that. Yes, it's on Scrab, but they they blocked it out. I guess you have to download it. It, You can't just scroll through it and see it. I noticed that they blocked blocked out the information, and I thank Scrab for that, you know. They don't have everything, um, but you know, I guess you have to download they want it. You to pay. If you no, give no, them, when, when, when you when you when you fill that out at your at your uh, bank, do you have to ask for a, a line of credit with that? No, no. I, the only thing I did with that, um, and the form was zero three eight five, which is a very good form. It's an affidavit of of uh, a, a certificate of identity. I'm identifying okay. who who my my avatars are. Who's going to be representing right. the man? Because I can't be right. talking to dead stuff. Okay, I have to have right. representative. And I had right. it tells you that you have to have someone sign it who's not part right. of the securities that you're uh, going to be working with. And, so I had and, a notary there, and and I also went and had the medallion sealed. They were both right next to each other. The notary stamped it. Under the signature where he signed, and then under the last part, the bank manager, which had the medallion seal, she stamped it. But she didn't even know oh. that the notary was supposed to sign it. She thought I was supposed to sign it, but I said, "Hold up, let's oh. go down to the instructions." What, now, what if what if they what if the uh, the bank manager, the regular notary, and the medallion can they do can they do both of them? Uh, well, my ba- my manager did both. They they're their notary and they are oh, the manager, okay. but I didn't. I didn't want both. You can't. I don't want two signatures. I want it to be two different witnesses. I want to have a okay, state gotcha. notary, and I saw that I feel the medallion seal is just a, a federal notary. He's the one that the Treasury 
He looks out for the treasury. He speaks for the treasury. Treasury don't know everybody out there, but the bank manager is supposed to know you and know you have a signature card in that bank, and then he will put his seal on it. Cause, and he's basically telling me if I ever deal with a treasury security, which everything is a treasury security, that I'm in good standing. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Belby. Thank you, Myron. Thank you You're for welcome. calling. Very good point, because this is that, that zero, the treasury direct, you know, it's a treasury direct form, but it doesn't mean you can't use it for your own purpose. It is an it says affidavit of certificate of identification that these people that you're using, I guess it's in, one, in, one, in one sense, it's very similar to a Form 56, where you're telling other people to do something for you. Form 56, you give it to the treasury, and you're telling him, to do something for you. Well, these people that I have on there are my avatars. One is an executor position, the other is an agent. And they all have their different jobs that they do for me. You know, so Who this is the executor. In my case, it's a bank. I use a bank. And that's my non UCC. It's a secure party. Whoever you have as a secure party, then it has control over the straw man. It has a superior lien on the straw man. Well, what, what, if your straw man is a bank, so why don't you just get another bank to control the bank that you already have? Now, some people, I tell them they have these nationalities, you know, Moors and Arabs and all. You know, they have a different nationality. You let that be your controlling factor over your birth certificate. By all means, go ahead. But see, banks are private, and they're not under, if you look in Black's Law, the private banker, they are not under the statutes and codes of the United States, of your state. Every state, of course, banks are registered in the state. They're not under the statutes and codes of the state. You could make your own promissory note. You could make your own money order. Do not, and I'm telling you, do not put a routing and an account number on that money order or that uh, uh, promissory note. That is owned by the ABA, Association of Bank Associates. They own it. You can't use their stuff and put it on your stuff. You can make your stuff, but do not, do not put the routing number and count number on there. You know, you can put that count number that you're paying off with it, with the money order, but not down there the, with a routing and count number. No, you don't do that. Not with something that you created. That is, what is it, copyrighted, trademark, whatever it is for the uh, AB, um, ABA, I believe, Association of Banking. I'm sorry. What was it, ABA? Oh, so, Banking Association. So you're saying, Go ahead. so you're saying, put, don't put the bank routing number. And what about your or, account number or the account only number? The, or, yeah, well, you put the account number of whatever you're paying. you got to let them know what account you're paying on. Okay. But the routing okay. number the, uh, under the ABA is it, it, controlled by the banks and stuff. And if you use it, then you violate them, and you, they will automatically send it to the, to the uh, CID and criminal investigation and the uh, Secret Service. To investigate you, because I can create being a bank. I can create whatever I want to create, but I can't be using their stuff 
Just like I say, when you do that affidavit on top of a warranty deed, and I'm creating my grand deed in the affidavit, I'm creating a grand deed. I don't put the legal description on that grand deed. That legal is for the lot. You put the meets and bounds of that whole 166 acres that you have. Meets and bounds is a is an area, not just a lot. The, the legal description is only on the lot that they did to break it down so they can get taxes on everybody. No, 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 no. You get the meets and bounds and you put that on it. Now you could put AKA, also known as, and your address. If you're gonna do it, put you know, so they understand what you're talking about, the address that's inside the meets and bounds of 166 acres that was probably purchased back in the uh, 18, early 1800s. I know one guy said he had one 1819. So, you know, it goes it goes back. It goes back. And you probably, to get the okay, meets and now, bounds, you probably have to go to the county. Now, going back to this route number. Now, a lot of times when you're online, and you paying a bill, they're asked for uh, the of, of, of your checking account. They're asked for the routing number and the uh, account number. You saying we can't do that when we doing dealing with private, but as public, we can use their routing number, right? Or we not supposed yeah. to use it at all? No, you can use it when you uh, you know when you refer something to be deposited in 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 their public facilities. When I'm talking about people who's actually writing their own money order, what is his name? Uh, Michael Tellinger. Oh, okay. well, mm-hmm. And and, and there's, there's people out there who's showing you how to do a promissory note. Eon told you how to do a money order, my style money order. Eon, he's got a my style money order. You And uh, Michael Tellinger, I believe he's in uh, Kalamazoo. Not Kalamazoo. Um, Australia, I believe he's in Australia. Uh, those those folks, you, you you could do this. You could create whatever you want. You're a bank. You you're a private bank. You're not under their jurisdiction, but you can't use their stuff. That's the problem mm-hmm. we have. You are mixing private and public together. You cannot mix private and public together. And that's where uh, you get confused at because we so used to just working out of the public, you know, that we get, at least I do, until I get a clear understanding of when I have my private hat on versus public. Yeah. I mean, because we only know public, public education, right. public school, how to be a debtor, yeah. how to be a U.S. citizen. That's, that's the little trap they have us, you know. There's some people you can get out the system, but I don't think they're gonna last too long before they will find themselves right back in it again. Yeah, because they didn't really know how they got out and the, where they were out about in the first place. So they did a few procedures, or someone did something for them, but eventually they wind up being back in the system because they don't know how to survive any any other any other time. Now, didn't I mean, you say talking, that you know a person that got? Uh, some millions, a check worth some millions, but he don't know how to cash it or what to do with it. No, yeah, I got people who show me. He had a a hundred million dollars. Used to call in the back. And 
you know, a lot of people, all these folks uh, are coming to me, expecting me to help them out and say, oh, I got this check. Well, you, you know, first, how did, who, who helped you to get it in the first place? How come they didn't tell you? How come they didn't tell you? Oh, you won't come to me because you know what? And I asked for 10% and you think I'm a crook. Oh, I forget you. Don't even bother coming this way. Forget you. You know, that's, that's, that's my attitude. That's the way I feel. Forget you. I, you. I suggest go ahead. And one person took it to a broker. Now the broker firm, the brokerage firm is being investigated. Oh, wow. I wonder why. Public. Ooh. They deposited it public, and then when they tried to cash it, bump, 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 bump. Right. That's all. And, and I'm just saying, people. Exactly. I think. They don't yeah, have a problem don't. giving you a check. They don't have a problem giving you a check because now they know you have to endorse it, and when you endorse it, you're going to jail. Don't ask for no check. If they get a check, send it back to them and say, please deposit it, and I just recommend here a Treasury Direct account. So now you better learn how to set up a Treasury Direct account properly. So you have to set so there for one, there's no way they're gonna know any taxes on what you deposit in there. It's very, very private. And then you transfer the funds in a particular special commercial uh, financial institution. But it's a special account that you're setting up. I ain't gonna even say what it is. It's a special account that you're putting the funds in and not all of them going in there. You don't ever put nothing over 250000 because that's all you insured for at the financial institution. The FDIC is all it covers. Anything over that is a loss for you. It's a loss for you. So you put it in a special account, and then you ask your manager, which you ought to be very one-on-one with your manager, because that's a very, very special person in your life. Better when it comes down to finances. You're very, very special. I need an escrow account. You know, put some money in there as a line of credit and then a line of credit on it. Put some money in the escrow as collateral and get a line of credit and get some checks. Boom, 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 folks. That's how it is. But anyway, yeah, very, very good point. Any, any other questions, Beverly, in that reference to that? Any other calls? No, and the call-in number is 323-642-1586 and push 1. This is the time to get your questions answered. Or if you had some kind of experience or comment, push the number 1. Okay. There's a uh, there's a guy that's been on, on that you might have seen on YouTube. He gets a check every single month. His name is Free and Happiness. I, I, I don't want to give him credit to people who are getting it done. Free and Happiness right. is a check. Huh. Okay. He showed a check. He gives a check. What did Free and Happiness do for your folks? Well, personally, me, I have to feel that he followed publication, IRS publication 1212. So that's one that you have. You would get paid. This is the IRS law rules that say you will be paid. Of course, 
the publication 1212 deals with OID, but OID, cash, same thing, is a debt instrument. Federal Reserve notes are what? Debt instrument. So OID is a debt instrument, and it says it right here. If you are the holder of an OID debt instrument, boom, and you receive a Form 1099 OID that shows your taxpayer's identification number. So OIDs is no different than Federal Reserve notes, which are debt instruments. Debt instruments. So, uh, and it said it includes well, amounts belonging to. I'm on page seven. Nominee. Okay. Publication okay. twelve. IRS publication twelve twelve. Page seven. First paragraph. Nominee. All right. So, folks, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to point you in the right direction here. I'm trying to point you in the right direction and tell you what you haven't done, why you ain't getting paid, why you won't be getting paid. This one here, and I have to I have to admit, I don't, I don't think anyone out here can tell me that what the IRS says is a lie. You know, some people feel that the IRS publication is a lie, you know, let me know. But remember, this is not a publication for you and me, the consumer, the depositor. This is for the corporations and their employees. This is for the CFO, CEO. This is rules that they must follow, that they must do. So it's like we're in the back door. It's like we're coming through the back entrance, the entrance. We're coming through the back door to see what they do. What do they do? Let me look at they do. You know, in a war, what do we do? We have to send spies out there to understand what they're doing behind the closed doors. What are they planning? That's the only way you're going to win. If you all want to know how to win, this is the key to how you must win, what you must do. They don't have now remember this is what they do. This ain't what this ain't what you do. This is what they have to do. This is not what you do. There's nothing in here that says what you can what you when it says you, it ain't not talking about the depositor. It's not talking about the consumer. It's talking about the public trustees, the nominees. They even got a new name. I heard a new name, and it makes sense. They're, uh, um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe my mind just went blank that quick. So y'all don't rehearse anything. Uh, merchants. They're, they're uh, merchants um, that, oh, com- commercial merchants. They're, they're in commerce. They're, they they deal with money. Oh, statute, statute, statute merchants. Statutory merchants. They deal with statutes. Stat, statutory is where the corporations have uh, fines for, you know, how they get money from people. You violated the statute. Michigan is MCL. Uh, I think uh, uh, Illinois is I, uh, ILL, something like that. Ohio is ORC. These are codes where they have penalties. When you get a ticket, from driving or traveling or whatever, and you using one of their statutes, the judge is a administrator. That's it. There are no more judges. He's an administrator. 
you're already guilty because you have violated one of their rules. His job is he's not making a judgment on anything. He's only exercising what is required to get his corporation paid. Because you violated it already. You've already violated. You got a ticket. So they're saying you violated as as it shows on the ticket. All they want to know, all the administrator has to do, and he's not doing anything wrong. He's just following his instructions. He's following his rules, his codes, his laws, his administrative uh, decision to say you violated our ruling and we need these funds. We need these funds. What you need to do is say, okay, I'll give it to you and go away. Don't argue with them. Okay, I will give it to you. But your question is, how do I give it to them? Hmm, well, maybe we might answer that question later on. How do I give it to them? Where do I have to be to give it to them? Okay, again, let's go back. If you are the holder of an OID debt instrument, OID is a debt instrument, and you receive a Form 1099-OID, listen to what it just said, folks. You receive, remember who's you? Who's you, Beverly? It's not. It's not. They're not talking about us. Right. They're talking about them. So they took funds out of your estate. The OID is like a receipt that they receive. So when you go to court and you say, well, I need to see the OID showing how much funds you took out of my estate. Think think about what I'm saying here now. They receive a receipt showing as an OID that they took money out of your estate. Ask for the OID. I know you do this under the publication, 1212, stating that you received, you took money out of my estate, and you know they did because they have no money. They have no money. So the money came from your estate. They didn't take it out directly. Please understand. They didn't directly go to the treasury and took it out of your account. They cannot do that. They use your straw man to go into your account and take the money out. And then they took it from the straw man on the OID. Because think about it. This is what I'm about to read. And you receive a Form 1099-OID that shows your taxpayer's identification number and includes an amount belonging to another person. Who's the other person? Your straw man. They got an OID. They are the recipient. They're receiving the money. Who's giving them the money? Uh, Another person. Your straw man. It's the payer. The straw man is the payer, and the public trustee is the nominee, is the one that's receiving the money in this case. And it is so you are nominee, considered a nominee. Go ahead. So who the nominee is? The nominee and they, is and they say the you, bank. you, they are. The bank is the bank, mm-hmm. the utility company, all these people who take money out of your estate. Your employee, your employee takes money out of your estate and pays your salary. You know, and he so your employee is a nominee. He gets OIDs out of your when he gets money from your estate. 
they are nominated. And then it says, you must file another form 1099 for each actual owner. We're going to stop right there. They ought to fill out another OID. What does your employee do at the end of the year? What do your employee give you at the end of the year? A W-2 form. OID. A W-2. A W-2 is an OID. If you look at in uh, their um, publication 6209 uh, book manual and and look up the tax class second the second uh, section two on tax classes a W-2 and an OID is the same class and you know the old saying if it walks like a duck if it sounds like a duck if it you know Look like it's a duck. So a W-2 is an OID where your employee is reporting back to the IRS. This is how much I took out of this man's estate so that I could pay him his salary. You are paying yourself, people. That means you got a lot of noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you you are paying yourself. You are paying yourself, people. And the, your employer must report it because if you don't, he's going to have to pay taxes. So he's going to give it to you at the end of the year so you could claim it on your taxes, which you're supposed to be exempt. You don't file. When y'all file taxes on that 1040, don't be using those two dashes. Use your tax exemption ID. What is your tax exemption ID? Social without the dashes. Why would I pay taxes on what came out of my estate in the first place? That's where we get that's where we get ripped off. You're paying taxes on what came out of your estate in the first place. But I just want to say here, you must when it says you is talking about the nominee, it's talking about the and I won't call them creditors because they're not. They are debtors in possession under the bankruptcy act that I told you all to download under the uh, the Chapter 11 guidelines, they are debtors in possession. What are they possessing? They possess title. They possess your interest. They got a lot of things that they're possessing. They are administrators for, in this case, it says owner, for each owner. I don't know why they didn't put the word owner in the, in the first section of that, belonging to another person. Why well, should say it belonging to an, an owner? But anyhow... They are administrators for the owner, or you might call it the office of the creditor. They don't know who the creditor is, so they're holding the funds. It just told you right here. You must file another form, 1099-OID, for each actual owner. Who's the owner? When did you tell them you the owner? I've stressed this once before, and listen, I'm kind of showing it to you again. You must be the owner to get an OID back to you. Showing the, it, show, it says showing the OID for the owner. Show the owner of the debt instrument as the recipient and you, talking about them, as the payer. We just flipped the script here. The script just got flipped. How did it get flipped? Because we started off where you paid them. Now they pay you. But see, there's something that's not mentioned in here, and I'm going to mention it anyway. So 
from the point that they, they said you are considered the nominee to you to file another 1099 OID, a 1099 cannot be filed or given unless a 1099A is filled out. Now, they filled out a 1099A where you were the, uh, uh, yeah, oh, my God. Let me check this here. Decline. You, they fill out a 1099A where the treasurer or the Federal Reserve Bank is the lender and you were the borrower. And then the OID came where the borrower, which was you, is now the payer and is given to you or utility company. Let's say you, we're going to use you for a utility company. Why don't we just change it to the utility company? And folks, and as being a utility company, because we know that they take out every single month, they're paying your, they're, they're taking money out of your estate, and they're giving you a coupon to tell you how much money they took out of your estate. But the 1099A, so, go ahead. So the you and the nominee are the same people. Because the yeah. nominee can and be says, the bank, the utility. Okay. Yes. And it says that you are considered a nominee. Right there is in that sentence. You are considered a nominee. Yeah, okay. Because you, you receive money from somebody else. From somebody else. I mean, someone else is the payer, and you're the recipient. So you are the nominee. And then you, the nominee, must file another 1099 OID for each actual owner. Showing the OID for the owner, showing them the OID, showing them the OID, and in a way, it, they kind of show you on the coupon of how much money they took from you. They kind of show really? it to you. When well, they on, send you a coupon, they tell you how much they took. On your utility, right? The coupon tells you how much they did. Oh, what they want you to pay, what they say you owe. That's how much they took out. Exactly. Everything has been prepaid. That's what they told us back in May, June the 5th, 1933. All obligations, all ob- not some of them, not a little bit, maybe all obligations are prepaid dollar for dollar because they took the money. So they had to make sure that they put an insurance policy in there that everything gets paid from. You are not using that insurance policy. Call it Social Security, call it wherever you want to call it, birth certificate. <clears throat> but they had to give you insurances to pay all your obligations, every single one of them. And this is what it's saying here. And this is, and then it says to show the owner of the debt instrument, which is the OID, whatever, as the recipient, and you are the payer. So they're going to give you an OID showing it what, what's in there so that you can put it on your 1099 or 1040. I'm sorry, I'll put it on your 1040. They are going to give you a 1099 showing you that debt that was taken out at the beginning of the sentence when they withdrew it. So they and give you an W-2. OID. The W-2 is, is one way, but if you're dealing with the bank, they will give you they give you the OID at the end of the year. But the problem is what? The key here is the word owner. When you sign a contract, you sign as a debtor. 
They have what's called a quasi-trust, quasi-Q-U-A-S-I. A quasi-trust has an office of the creditor, office of the debtor, office of the administrator. You are the debtor. You sign a contract saying, I will pay every month when you send me a bill. You sign as a debtor. They are the administrator for the creditor, and you send in a bill to the administrator. The administrator is supposed to return it back to the principal, which is the owner, the creditor, the grantor, the signer. It's supposed to give it to one of them, one of those people who say, I'm in control of this. But nobody gave them any information or sent them a letter saying, and I call it uh, H-N-I-C, the head national in charge. I'm in charge here. Send me my money. They're holding all this money that you have paid all these years and your car, your mortgage, all the stuff you have paid on debt is held by the administrator waiting for someone to tell them who is the owner. Who is the owner? Can it be that simple? They have these funds sitting in there waiting to see who is the owner so they can give it to the owner because it just says right here that the owner is a reciprocant. And you, which is the utilities and the banks and the uh, student loans, student loans, man, people. Every time you pay a student loan, you're paying it as a debtor. Well, if you had told them that you are the owner, then you got a check back, the same check. After a while, you won't even get a bill, people. You shouldn't get a bill if they're going to keep paying you what you pay them as a debtor. Oh, my God. The phone should be ringing. Folks, do you understand what I'm saying? Just call me and say, I understand what you're saying, Mr. Rice. You are paying as a debtor. You're giving it to the administrator, and the administrator is holding it for the owner until the owner steps up and states who they are. But some you know? some of these contracts you sign, they have on the contract that they are the creditor. They represent the creditor. What other word are they going to say? I'm an administrator? And you're like, what do you mean you're an administrator? Why well, I'm paying an administrator. So well, why don't they take the title of the office that's vacant? That's what people do all the time. They're always presuming there's somebody that they're not. They are not the creditor. They are administrators. It's a trust. The trust has administrators. They have a a, a, a grantor or a a, uh, a signor, a principal, creditor, owner. In this case, in this in this section, is talking about the word owner. So, knowing what the so owner the utility, is. The utility company, for an example, every month. They they getting this money out of all these thousands and millions of people accounts, and and they just getting the money out of there, and they getting the money from us too. Yeah, well, they they have both. Yeah, they have both. Cause they but they when they get the money out, 
and then they got your check because they got the credit, and you were supposed to say, release your credit and give it back to me, but you didn't put that on the check either. You paid them another, what, debt instrument. You gave them another debt instrument. They already got a debt instrument. You gave them another one. You didn't do what they say do. It says make a payment. Payment is gold and silver. It says it right there on the coupon. Make a payment. Am I wrong or right? Yeah, you're right. But how do we make a payment? We don't have gold and silver, so we got to make it with what? With our? Our autograph, AU, is gold. We got to sign it. But we need to sign it as a creditor, not as a debtor. Now, isn't that the way that we sign things? They can look at and tell that you're a creditor or a debtor just by the way you sign documents? It's one way, but it's not telling them who who you are in the first place because it don't matter okay. who's paying the bills as long as that money comes back to the principal. And the principal is the creditor, not the nominees. They're nominees. They didn't say they're creditors. There's nothing in this in this section that says that they're creditors. They're not creditors. They're nominees. They're payers. They're supposed to pay you. You're the recipient. Anyone out there receiving any money from every time they write a check or send the money into the utility company, water, light, gas, through loans, car notes, mortgages, uh, anybody getting unchecked back to them, maybe because they don't know and you haven't told them that you are the owner. All right. Well, we Uh, we have a question, Mr. Rice. Okay, go ahead. Read it. Brother uh, Rice. Yeah. yeah, this is uh, ahead, this is Brother Amir out of uh, St. Louis. Uh, Hi, Amir. Greetings, Amir. Hey, how you doing, sir? No, I've had no hearing. Yeah, I've been busy. I've been doing a rehab project, so it's almost done. Um, yeah, when they all the corporations are under uh, the Vatican, and they all have um, a nonprofit that's attached to them. So when you send that payment in, what you think is a payment, that goes to the nonprofit as a donation to the church. Ah, that's how they do it. (laughs) Yeah, so when you have your treasury direct account, they give you an account number because only treasury has gold and silver. So you being a merchant, because anytime you go to a bank, they will tell you you're a merchant in the yes. United States corporation. So merchant, you have a job. You're supposed to know the UCC, which governs all financial transactions in that merchant uh in the merchant world. Because their United States only exists in two D on paper. They're not the country, they're a corporation. They only exist on paper and in your mind. So you as a merchant, you have a job to do. So when you receive those bills of let those bills or those um of those coupons, you're supposed to endorse those on the back and using your 
your uh, exemption number and your treasury account number, this is where Gene Keaton tells you you sign it, you make it into a money order, and you send it to the IRS, who's the accounting agent for the bankruptcy of the United States. So that is your job as an agent. So people have not been doing their job as an agent because they're not your bills, all right? They're in the name of your trust, and as an and when you go and get your number as a, uh, for your estate as being an administrator or executive, you're supposed to do your job and pass those on to the accounting agent, which is the IRS. And, and pass that on to them so they can credit your account back when it's time to do the 1099s and the 709s so that you may receive your credit back at that appropriate time. That it, This is how the system works. And this is, you know, I've gone to banks that will tell you, like if you go to a new bank, they will ask you for your ID and they will do all of that stuff. It takes a while because they... You are a merchant in the United States, and you're supposed to know the rules of the game. But people make assumptions and assume because they have not read the rules. And so then when you not have read the rules and done your proper paperwork, because when you do the affidavit under 220, it says you have reached the age of majority. And as reaching the age of majority, you are responsible for doing those transactions. So you're supposed okay. to be taking account of your estate. You and you and jump so ahead. You do um, that's, that was yeah. You jump ahead because that's the part. That's the second part of this. I just want to okay. say a couple of things. N- number one, as an agent under Michigan law, I wouldn't pay the bill anyway. I, I, as an agent under MCL four four uh. Four five zero dot one two four six. My job description is that as soon as I get a bill, I am to promptly forward it to the manager and director of the agency, which is happen to be the governor. I did that for a year and a half. It's nothing saying I'm supposed to pay anything. Merchants in, I'm an agent. We're just agents. When we got our driver's license, that gave them the name and the address. But we're supposed to forward it. To the director. That's what all agents do. Every corporation has an agent. They don't pay the bill. The other thing is, you said everything go up to the the Vatican. Well, understand this: the the chain of command starts with God, man, and then Vatican. The Vatican is no more different than a nominee. They're getting money, but guess what? They don't know who the man is. They can't give it to the man because they don't know who the man is. So we got the same situation. At the higher level, over in, in Europe, that we have right here at our local bank, the Vatican don't know who the man and the nominee don't know who the owner is. It's the same situation. But as a as an agent for one year and a half, and now one time that I get a letter back from the governor when I forwarded to him that he said, "What are you doing?" I did my yeah. job description. Yes, you. That's that is your job. You have. You make copies, send one to that governor, send the coupon to the IRS, and you're supposed to – these are some of the things that you're supposed to do because every – It didn't even say that. Because it's yeah, under trust. Or you should have a copy 
for, you know, your records and everything. But because they do send money back to that state, all right, to the state for your well-being. And so this is when you were saying you have the, the you haven't uh, claimed your estate and done what you're done you're doing, so that all of that stuff is sitting in the treasury at your state, so that you know. And this is why you have to go to court to do the things that. This is why you sure said he's taking care of his father's business. This is why you're supposed to take care of your business. Those things were supposed to be done at the time of birth. Of getting you, um, of getting your status being corrected and having all these things set up and done prior to you manifesting on this plane of existence. So, this is um, these things that you're supposed to do, and to participate in their commercial affairs, you have to also, when you do have like a Brad Dunn and Brad number, they want to know how are you doing your business. Are you doing it uh, domestic or are you doing it uh, non-domestic, which is foreign? So if you are an American, the real definition of an American, copper-colored people, you are non-domestic to the corporation. So you need to register and say you are doing your business non-domestic and saying that you are tax-exempt because they are here to provide services for the indigenous people. This is where your nationality comes in, and when you go and get your 9-8 number and those things, they have those forms and everything set up for you to make the proper, um, so you can make the proper claim as to who you are. So all of these corporations, all, they all are interwoven into one. FDIC for insurance and all of these things, the treasury where you're supposed to get your stuff and have those things to come down in the bank is only a middleman. So when you need funds, you're supposed to transfer from the treasury down into your accounts. They have the paperwork on the website for you to do these things. So go ahead. I know, go Go ahead, I'll let you finish because I just want to make yeah. a comment yeah. on there. Because I see, I see, and there's more than one way to skin a cat, but what you say about the 98 and 4, you are, you are foreign, but this is not what the rules is that we're going to talk about Rule 220. Don't mention nothing about 98. You have to be the registered owner. That's simple, folks. Register yeah. to yourself. You're the registered yeah, well, owner. I've got into a little bit more in depth, but that is the beginning of those things. But they want to know how are you doing business within the commercial venue called the United States. So if you say you're a U.S. citizen, right. you are responsible yeah. for their debt. But when but you see, have you, your nationality and those other things, you are foreign to them, and they have forms for you to do business with them as non-domestic. So these are only these are the things that as and, you go further along that you will find out. So And the guy the guy earlier who called about the zero three eight five, when you create it, it's like it's a, like a play. And I'm the author of the play. I'm writing 
writing a play. I'm the author. I have authority. I create my characters. When I create my characters, and in my case, it's the bank and my assumed name, business name, they are born. They are not U.S. citizens. I created them. They didn't come from the state. So I can create my own form. Automatically, I can create my own non-domestic. I won't even say form. I create my own non-domestic entities to do commerce with them, and I feel, and I told them who they are and how they're going to have my equitable interest, title, and uh, um, what's the other number? Interest, title, interest title and something else, but my mind is blanking here. But I, I assign these these avatars to be none they are non domestic. They're not ninety eight. I do have a ninety eight corporation and ninety eight trust. But this is not how I'm commercing. I'm operating through these two individuals who's gonna be operating I'm they're, they're my assignees and I'm the assignor. My my birth certificate, the child is the assignor. And it has representative that's going to be out there doing it. Ninety-eight is great if you want to purchase something under ninety-eight, pay cash, and then we don't have to worry about you get the title to the property, whatever you're purchasing by being foreign. But I just want to state that it, it, I I try to break it down a little bit more simple. All that what you're saying going with the treasury, all that. Uh, no, all I want to be able to do again once you give once you do the ten ninety-nine a. But they couldn't. They can't do OID unless you do the A, saying I am the lender and they're the borrower. But before you do that A, you have to let them know your status as being a registered owner, which brings us to the point of Rule 220, General Rules of Practice. It says to register a title. Well, who's to register a title, folks? Who's to register a title? When you read it and you don't know who it is, don't be reading on. Figure out who that is. That's the county clerk who's authorized to receive registration for memorial. What's a memorial? Your birth certificate. It's a death certificate. The birth certificate is a death certificate. And that certificate, you have to be, it has to pertain, is it pertaining to a registered owner's name? So, folks who do affidavits, if you don't have your name registered, then you don't have a good affidavit. Your affidavit is flawed. And I know some people who got affidavits on their birth certificate and on their birth record, on their ANC, you are flawed if that name not registered. That's all I'm saying, because it says it right here. That general rule of practice is not just for Minnesota. It's all over the United States, period. General means everywhere. General rules of practice. The register of title is authorized to receive for registration a memorial. So once you have done all the things that's needed to be done and to talk about, you have to give it back to, you know, get a copy to the, to the register of title. Now, the register of titles, I said, is a county clerk. However, I would believe any, because titles have an S on it, anyone who issues you a title to me, would be possibly the register. So if I got a title for my vehicle, certificate of title for my vehicle, then the Secretary of State would be the register. If I get one from the bank, you know, uh, they gave me a title to something, uh, a contract, whatever, that they're holding because they are debtors in possession, they're holding a the title. So they give you a color of title, any color of title. 
driver's license, uh, uh, a ticket, a license to hunt, all these things, gun license. These are all certificates of title, colorable titles. And if they are from whoever they are, whoever issued them to you, I will always say those are the people you need to send them uh, as register of title. So you're sending them as a registered owner's name, the said certificate of title showing the date of birth and said registered owner, there again, registered owner, it didn't say foreign, it didn't say, you know, uh, non-domestic, it says registered owner providing there is attached to said birth certificate an affidavit of an affiant. Now, who is the affiant? Just someone who recognizes the birth certificate. Someone saying everything on there. It could be the registered owner. Affiant, who states that he, she, is familiar with the facts cited. So they're saying everything on that birth certificate is true and correct documents, uh, stating that the party named in said birth certificate is the same party as one of the owner uh, owner's name. So the so whatever names are on the birth certificate, and I got a thing is that you might even want to look at your mom and dad. Their name is on that birth certificate as well. Maybe they need to register their name and and use that to become a you know a uh, uh, age of majority. But it says that uh, that thereafter. The register of title, whoever that register of title is, and I would I personally think it's the, I would start off with the uh, register of deed or the county register. And once you file it with the county register, then get a certified copy of it. Now you can send that to all the rest of the folks. So it says the register of title shall treat said registered owner as having attained the age of majority. So the registered title, once you send them that affidavit or the birth certificate, and I personally, I would like to see, again, there's seven things that I'm going to say that you really need to look look at when you get the certificate of title and you send it all in. Number one, listen to me, this is what you put on all certificates to show that you have a superior position. Number one is the certificate, the certificate of title. Get a certified copy of it. I don't care if it's a law. You know, I got I got this rule here, this general rule of practice, rule 20, 220. I told uh, Minnesota to send me a certified copy of it. I have it under my form in the state. I got my own rules, too. So you get a certified copy of your, uh, let's say, your certificate title or your warranty deed on your, on your house, uh, the certificate of title that you get from the state on your vehicle. Next thing you do, number two, is put an affidavit on top of it. Create an affidavit. Labeling again, being that, as it states here, the affiant who states that he should be familiar with the facts. So you're just stating everything on that affidavit that you see on the certificate that you have in your possession. Number three, sign it, autograph it. Whichever you want to do, sign or autograph. That's number three. Number four. Have it notarized, witnessed by a notary. Number four, notary, notary. Number five, go and have it authenticated. They said that the notary Mr. is in Wright, good standing. Right, wait. Slow down a yes. little bit, Mr. Wright. Oh, okay. I'm going to say it so over again. I just want to get it up. 
okay. Yeah, number four is notary. Okay. Let me go back. Number one, get a get a certified copy of this particular title. Number two, get an affidavit. And as it says here, where he, she is familiar with the facts that are cited on that affidavit, write it up, make it personal, put your name and everything that this is. You're creating your own certificate of title now. We're creating our own certificate of title. Number three, sign it, autograph it, whichever you want to call signature or autograph. Number four, have it notarized for your state. Let's say Minnesota. This is Minnesota's, got Minnesota rule. I got it from Minnesota, but I had it notarized here in Michigan. And once I had it notarized in Michigan, then I went to the Secretary of State and have it authenticated in Michigan. When you get something authenticated, it's acceptable in any court in Michigan or in your state. Whoever the state you get authenticated, they must accept it in court as evidence that you have control over it. After you get authenticated, then you register it to yourself. Number six, register it to yourself. Don't use the tax PQ that I talked about earlier. No, you're going to pay for it because that form you fill out, that registration form, um, what, 3806 form from the UPU on the back of it, you're going to put RE, which means regarding, and you're going to say what you are registering. You're going to write it on the back of that because they're going to keep that. You're going to get that the, the first receipt, the receipt on the top. They're going to keep that other one in the UPU file. So now you got another public file showing what you did. And then what the last matter, but not uh, least. What, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, when you Number say seven. register, and they, I was still talking about six to register uh, to okay. yourself. Now you say yes. put the registration number on the back of what? The slip that they give you? That Will you say no, put the, no, on no, the no. envelope? No, 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 no. When you register it, there's a form you fill out called a 3806 form. You fill that out, you know, to, from, da, 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 mm-hmm. and you right, got the registered right. number on there. I'm saying flip it over on the back and put regarding and whatever you register it. If it's the certificate of title, if if, if it's the birth certificate, if the birth record, ah, if it's the okay, AFC, okay. if it's the rule, okay. Minnesota Rule 220, whatever I'm registering it to myself, I put it on the back of their form. So when they have it, and if these people don't do what you say do, you can go to the UPU and say, hey, I filed it under this number, flip it over, it tell you what I did, and these people are not recognizing it. That is another way of enforcing what you're doing. And, and last but not least is you publicize it. So you take this birth certificate, you're doing a birth certificate, and you go to court with that birth certificate or a non-UCC that you register, I did non-register to yourself, then you have a superior position over that court, period, on any liens. That's what the non-UCC is about. The, the, so what you have to do, again, you are recognized at the age of majority, that's what it says here, by the register of title, when you're the registered owner as having attained the age of majority. And I know what Amir is saying and with the 98-year-old, but I, I, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm trying to go with the foundation 
of how you do this, and you're not asked a lot. It's not asked a lot of you. You register it to yourself. You put the registration number, of course, you put the registration number in the upper right-hand corner of the affidavit. You can edit the affidavit. Don't put nothing on authentication. You can't write on them. It voids them out. So you put the register number on there, scan the whole thing in before you put it in an envelope, scan it all in, and then put it in an envelope, seal it, and register it to your, and have it sent to you, your mom, your dad, as long as you get it, and you put it in your file. Now, anyone wants something, want to know what you did, or you want to send something out to somebody, send them the affidavit. That's all you got to do, because remember the affidavit, it's a summary of all the people who signed it before you and the numbers they gave you. All that stuff is on the affidavit. Send them the affidavit. If they got a problem, call the people up. You don't need to get my originals. You don't need to look at my. I'm not giving you my original. You go and I suggest you call it. Now, if you want to see my original, take me to court and give me $10,000 because I got to redo this all over again. Send them the affidavit. That's why you make sure that affidavit is very thorough. I got a picture of myself on my birth certificate, on my birth record. I got my passport because I had my picture on it, and it was authenticated in the state of Michigan. What what do you mean it's not an ID? Excuse me. State of Michigan stamped this. It had my picture in it. Guess what? It don't expire till I die. I don't have to renew it so you, every year. I'm not in the system. So you put your picture on your affidavit for your birth record or your birth certificate. One, you, that's where you put your picture at. On both of them. Oh, you just I did it. On both. On both. Okay. Yeah, I put it on both of them, but the birth certificate in particular, because that's what I send in to the. I guess to the post. I went to the post office and they mailed it to somewhere for a passport. I had to get a passport, and I don't have a driver's license and I don't have a state ID. I was using my passport as my ID, and it got misplaced. So I said, uh, and the and the, and the manager at the post office, he was hearing me talk to the clerk who was, we can't take this, we can't send this unless you give us this data. And he said, look, that you best send it off. Let them tell him whether they're going to accept it or not. Three weeks later, I got my passport. So I, I'm just saying, Thanks. these are things I've done and proved to be very, very beneficial later on. Because I hear people, well, you don't need to authenticate that birth certificate. Well, then I guess you never want to be at the age of majority. Simple. And at the age of majority, guess what that makes you? On the publication 1212, that makes you the owner. That we just read. That's the owner. You got to be the owner for them to give you a check, an OID, or cash, whatever you ask for. Because as the owner, you tell them what you want, how you want it, where you want it. Because you are in the office of the creditor now. I hope you understand. I'm going to read those seven things again because they're very important. All the certificates of title. This is how you get a superior position, a priority position. And again, that's under UCC uh, 9-303 or MCL 440.9303. You want a superior position. 
So you create your own certificate title. So you take the one they gave you certified, number one. Number two, you put an affidavit on there stating all the facts of that certificate. Number three, sign it, autograph it, whichever you want to do it as. Number four, notarize it. Have it notarized. Number five, have it authenticated. Number six, register it to yourself. Don't use a tax secure. You can do a tax secure. They will send registered mail to you for free. But I want a record of it in their file. When you send a tax secure, there's no files or anything. You just stick it everything on the envelope. So you want to flip it over, put RE, which means regarding, or you can say regarding if you want to write it out, and say what the item is that you put in the envelope. What is it you putting in? Birth record, birth certificate, assumed name. Now UCC, whatever you put in there, now the UPU, because the registration is under the UPU, not the USPS. Registration is not under the USPS. It's under the UPU to register. And then you publicize it. That public notice, the newspaper, and you get an affidavit of publication, you can give them an you don't even have to give them authentication if you don't want to give them the affidavit. You can just send them send them the affidavit of publication to them. Hey, this, this stuff is registered. You know, you want to save a little money, so you just say registered birth certificate. Not be going all the way down the line and, and okay, it was authenticated here and authenticated there and all, the, all those numbers and names and it's going to cost you money. Registered birth certificate, registered birth record, Registered AFC, registered non-UCC. All this is on the on the affidavit of publication that you get back. That's what you did. I'm just trying to make things real simple and easy for you to understand. So, publication twelve twelve tells you how to get for how they're going to send you money. They're going to send you OID, but it says owner on there. When did you tell him you were the owner? Well, I would tell the what? The register a title. That this registered name is at the age of majority with the authenticated birth certificate. The registered birth certificate. For those that want to file and OID, you know, what do you have to do now that, you know, we looked at uh, publication 1212? So how do we go about filing the OID? Well, again, I always feel they give it to you. If you tell them what you want, they're going to have the right numbers. However, uh, looking at uh, free inhabitants, he showed you how to fill mm-hmm. OID if you request a promissory note or you got a receipt or you got something that you can attach to the 1099A to notify them that this is how much money I spent at this corporation. This is how much money they took out of my estate. The 1099 is, a, I call it an alert. It's alerting the IRS to go to that company to take the funds out of their bank account and put it in their escrow account at the IRS. Everybody has an escrow account at the IRS. 
Okay, so what you're saying is he didn't, okay, let's say we, we do the bank at the end of the year doing tax season, all the money that you, the transactions that you have did with your bank. So he did, he put uh, a promissory, no, he he put it, he figured out how much, you know, looking at his bank statements, yep. how much his no, no, transaction no, no. was. Okay. No, 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 no. The promissory note was one way of filing an OID or something you paid for. He wrote in there that he put an affidavit along with two. Well, he, he, he again, he did the OID of, of the amount that he estimated to the uh, uh, to the IRS, but he sent mm-hmm. an affidavit to the nominee. And I have to assume the affidavit has to be some kind of age and majority letter so that they were able to give him a check. You would have to have that. Who gave who, the IRS who gave him a check? I know I know no, no, no. About, but I'm trying to see. No, mm-hmm. no, the, 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 no, the nominees was giving him a check, not the IRS, the nominee. When he mm-hmm. filled out the 1099-A to alert the right. IRS that there was money, that they that somehow he had some kind of he summarized whatever they owed him, but he sent mm-hmm. in when he sent them their carbon copy of it, he sent an affidavit with their carbon copy stating possibly that he is at the age of majority, so he is a creditor. So now they have to pay him. So he had to let them know he's a creditor. So they start paying him from thereafter. He didn't have to do OIDs anymore. They just give him a check every month. Because okay, so I, okay, I, I'm gonna use the bank again. Cause so okay, he sent the he sent the um the 1099. What's the first one that you send the 1099 a. to the IRS? A. Okay, he sent the 1099A to the IRS, letting them know he, he just sent them a letter, letting them know how much. He spent his transaction, an estimate of his transaction at that bank for the whole year. Correct. No, he didn't send. He didn't send a letter. He wrote the amount on the form itself. He gives because he remembers three forms. The red the, form goes to the IRS. You keep right, one form, right. and then the bank gets right. another form. Now the one that he sent to the bank, he added the affidavit to it to let him know he is the creditor. So there's no reason for them to give. There's no reason now they can't give him the OID now. Or in their case, it's a check. See, because remember, when the A is done, the OID must follow. And the OID, if he says at, with the A that he is the creditor, then they have to give mm-hmm. him the OID is what publication 1212 states here. And he said he gave him an affidavit. He didn't say what was in it, but I have to assume that he did some kind of age of majority to them. So now what? They give him the OID. He didn't fill it out. He just filled out a 1099-A to let the IRS know that there was some money spent in this company. My assumption, from what I read, from what I read, mm-hmm. from what he did, mm-hmm. I'm reading what mm-hmm. he read. And he said affidavit right. went to the nominee. He didn't send it to the IRS. Right. He just sent the 1099-A now. The question is, when you send an A, you want them to give you the OID. As a matter of fact, he was stating when you send the A in, 
You should wait about two or three weeks before you even get to the OIP if you were doing it. But personally, right. you know, and I'm, I'm doing it with a, a promissory note or something that you got proof that they held your money. See, that's a proof that they held the money. That's like you're saying. You need to ask for those promissory notes. If they have a problem with that and they don't give it to you, then you go to Title Five 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 Two A Section F. And I told y'all about that last week. Under Agency Five Title Five 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 Two A. I think E is requirements. F is rules, and G is um. Remedies, civil remedies. And they say, anything that got your name on it and you ask for it, they better give it up. So just like when uh, I did one at, for the bank and they would not, they would not, uh, one didn't respond at all and the other one did respond and they said that I was incorrect. So... This is what this. What did you send to the bank? I'm not understanding. Huh? I didn't send no affidavit or nothing like that. I had sent a, a letter requesting the OID. Okay. Well, you you didn't put yourself in the position of it. You didn't give them. You didn't say. See, they only going to give it. What did it say? I'm just reading the rules here. They had to give it to the owner. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell them you were the owner. You just sent them a letter. They. You're a child again. You're you're an infant. They don't listen to infants. So I had to send them the Rule 220 and, and my ANC and all of those kind of paperwork. Is that what you're saying? Well, if you want to prove that you're the registered owner, you could, because mm-hmm. you can go to, and it's something that I figured out later on, folks. This, I figured this out myself. Now, you can use it or not mm-hmm. use it. But you could go get that ANC again, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas or Minnesota, and just get the name, put an affidavit on the name, follow what I say, and authenticate it and register it to yourself. You don't need an EIN mm-hmm. number. Don't have, all you're doing is registering the name. That's it. You don't have, that's the key to register the name. You don't have to put it in the system as a business and da 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 da, because it is a business in Minnesota, but you're not exercising it as a business. All you want to do is right. register the name. Anyone who uses mm-hmm. your name, like the guy who said, I got a child support situation, send them the name, say, I got a registered name. If you use my name again, that's identity theft. I will report you to the IRS, and they do not like identity theft. I can tell you that now. That's the worst thing you can do with the IRS is have identity theft. You are in control. They can't. These corporations so, cannot register anything. Okay, so to answer my question, you're saying send them the ANC, letting them know that my name is registered, and they and if that's going to uh, have them to send me the OID? Well, yeah. So you could, but not only that, not only that, if you did the ANC, if you did what it says mm-hmm. here where you gave the registered title, your authenticated birth certificate along with the ANC, then you should go to the register titles or register deed and get you a certified copy of that filing. Now you just send that over to them. You don't need to send all that other stuff. You just send that uh, whatever it is they have saying that this is this guy's at the age of majority because I assume they're gonna give you some documentation once you 
once it said, and it says the register of title is authorized to receive for registration of memorial. So that means he's doing a registration. So you just want to certify a copy of that registration. Now, when you when you do it with Minnesota, it tells you to you know get put it in the paper and get the affidavit. So you saying I still behind already publicized it. I still need to take it and register with the register of deeds. I'm only listening to the rules, and it said register owner's name. Is that what you see in Rule 220? It didn't say yeah, owner's name. Minnesota. It said register owner's name. Okay, register. Okay. You, I mean, y'all ask me, cool. I'm just saying, you just asking. I know some no, people don't, not, are thinking just like right. you are, and, I, and that's good. Yeah. But, I, but what I'm saying that the answers to your question is right there in the rules. You're not read the rules, people. It says okay. registered owner name. It didn't say publication. It didn't say authentication. It didn't say affidavit. It says registered owner name. But you still, the birth certificate, which is different than the ANC, the registered owner name is not in the birth certificate. The registered owner name is in the ANC. Assume name certificate. Mm-hmm. Again, another certificate that you have certified. Now you got six more steps that you got to follow. You know, you can even add if you want, you can add a if it's a business you want out of it, you can add an IRS CP five seven five where you want to put an EIN number on it. But you don't need any uh, you really don't need the EIN number on the registered name. You want it outside their jurisdiction. EIN kind of put it back into their jurisdiction. Registering to yourself puts it under the UPU. You're not under the United States anymore. You're not under but the United States Postal Service. But that's how come I thought if I if you register with the register D, that's them. You putting it into they. You know, I thought you just registered yeah. to yourself and that's it. Yeah, and I would I would agree with that because if you put it with them, you know, they might tax it. But, you know, again, giving notice is so important in this world. You have to give them notice. What better place to give notice than at the register of deeds? That's the best place to give notice because you get certified copies of it and send them out to everybody. It is filed. You just get – it's just all you're doing when you send it to the register of title – and you're going to send it by a registered mail. You you might want us ask you to send it a certified mail. That's, as long as he gets mm-hmm. it with a green card and send uh, giving notice. I'm giving notice that I'm at the age of majority. That's it. That's how you title it. Giving notice at the age. I'm giving notice. I'm at the age of majority. And that's what I did when I did it with the paper. I gave notice, and I got an affidavit for that. But I, you know, yeah, but I you can. You didn't. You didn't register it. And that's yeah. the part I, I'm having the issue with because when I registered to myself, I'm pri- I made it private. But then when I know when I take it down to they stuff, then I'm putting it back, putting it in and you, in the public. You can send it, and like I say, you can send them an affidavit that has the registration number in the upper right hand corner. They want to see the number of it, but just, but just as you see it there, 
You, sh- you should have put it in the publication. Registered AMC. Boom. You see what I'm saying? It's a registered number right there. And you got and it's on it's on something that the newspaper has, which is the what uh, certificate of publication. That's the same thing we're doing when we send something down to register a deed. We're getting the publication right, right. from the register of deed showing that we're right. at the age of majority. And if they treat me at the age of majority, then all the rest of them better do the same thing. Period. Once it's done, it's done. And so once they don't respond to that, then that's when you look at this Title 5.5528. That the, well, I, I just went into I would say that on any contract that you sign. I'm, I would and use that in the paper. for, for, for okay. a, a promissory note or something that you're requesting for them. Okay. And they always say they, okay. they lost it. Well, I, I don't know anyone who claimed that requested and got it from them, well, guess what? Trump mm-hmm. just came out with two executive orders, exactly what I just said. They cannot go under their guidance. They better go under their law. It better be when they say we can't give to you, better say show me the registered, the uh, the, uh, the the federal registry or the OMB number that you gave them with that law you just stated. It has to be filed and publicized. And they got the called the register, the federal so, registry. Also got the GPO. So these people that our homes are going into foreclosure, and when they ask the bank for the promissory note, and the bank don't give it to them, then they can cite this this Title Five. They can cite that, and and the banks will have to produce the promissory note. They they commit a they committing a criminal action which would be go to CID the sec the, the secret uh, service or the, the uh, um uh, what's the other one the CID secret service and ooh I can't think of the third the uh, third side of the third one that you can complain against but their corporation you could actually file against a, their license at the at uh, Michigan called Lawa at the License, associate registration, whatever they wherever they mm-hmm. license with, they have to exercise their their codes, and, and they're violating the codes by not giving you what's yours. You sign that, and so they're they not so, gonna give it to you. So most people, they don't give them the promise, especially with dealing with the, the housing situation. They don't give them the promissory note. So what this new rule that that the president put into effect, basically it, it gave us a, a, a stick to kind of whoop them with, to kind of corner them, to force them to have to give us the promissory note. Is that correct? Exactly. Because what it's doing is saying, if you say that you can't give it to them, you better have a law that states it, a law. Not not no mm-hmm. guidance, not no policy that was passed along to everybody or something. Mm-hmm. A memo, not no memo. Mm-hmm. Like the IRS, the IRS don't have any laws. They just got publications. That's why they don't go to court. Because the judge said you come, you come to court. Mm-hmm. We 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 are judging against you. That's why they didn't end up garnishing people and they don't have a court order to do it. 
because they know they go to court, they will lose. They have no laws. The IRS is so under Title 15. Why people don't take them to court when they garnish their checks and stuff, their bank accounts? Because they, they believe their attorney and whatever the attorney <laughs> said, because everyone that goes through court always got some attorney, and he's there to turn you in. That's it. That's it. But everything could be solved with the promissory note. Not only will you not have to pay the bill, but you will be able to file it on an OID and get the whole amount back to you. You will get paid. So not only will you stop paying, but you will also be able to get the refund. Come on, your house costs what, 150000 that would be a nice little check to get. Right, so that little three, four thousand they give you at tax time. <laughs> but again, that's a, that's, now, they see that hundred fifty dollar check. You in trouble if you take it to the bank. That's all I got to say. <laughs> now, when you fill out applications, just say you fill an application out for a car or you fill an application out for anything, is that a promissory note? It's a check, yes. You can say it is. It's a check because it's got the same information that the promissory note has. See, the promissory note was another contract that they put you in because there's a, a con- there's a, a in, what they call it, indenture. There's rules in there that you have to follow. The application didn't really have any rules. It's just you were applying for okay. something. That's where they got the funds out to pay whatever it is that you was purchasing, your house, whatever. And and that's and, and that's that is so and yeah, and that's so evident on a promissory note is the evidence of it when it says in return for a loan I have asked him receive. In return for a loan I have received. I didn't get no loan before I came into that closing. No one sent me no check. The only thing I did before I came into that closing is fill out that application. So the application is the loan. The promissory note and the mortgage is a whole new contract they put you in. So your house was paid for with the application. They put you in another contract. And your car. And your car. When you go purchase a new car, it was paid for with the application. Yes. Applications is a check. All they need is your autograph. That's it. Right. So you can take that application and you can OID it, right? If you can get them to give it to you, yeah. If you can get yeah, that application promissory note. But huh? usually you get a copy of your application. Yeah. Well, you need to you need to um, fill an OID out. If, if you request it and they don't give it to you, then you you write a letter, or uh, if they give you a letter saying we're not going to do it, then you attach it to your application and send it to the IRS. I know people who've done that. They send yeah. a letter in, they didn't give it to them, they send a letter back to them saying, no, we're not going to give it to you. They attached the bill, they had already had a bill of sale, and they attached that with their letter, send it to the IRS saying, oh, I need this because they would not give it to me. And they got a check. It's not that difficult. Everything has been prepaid, but we don't believe it. We seem to think it's got to, you yeah. have to get three or four jobs to pay these bills. Like I said, even as an agent, I was told to 
promptly forward it. When I get a bill, promptly forward it to the manager and director of the agency, which was the governor. If it's a legal issue, then I give it to the attorney general. If it's a money issue, then I probably send it to the treasury, or I could have sent it to the treasury. If it's some kind of uh, information or uh, documentation, then I send it to the secretary of state. Those work for the corporation. So you now, send it to the been... local. You send it to the state yeah. or the federal? <laughs> to the state. Always at the state. Always at the state. They, right. they're, they're at the state. The people who got trouble. I, you know, I have folks, they, the judges don't want to listen oh, to me and they don't want to do. Well, call the attorney general because they are charging your birth certificate. You real man, they're not charging you. You better give them the age of majority and let them know, uh, you know, attorney general, I'm the man that's behind that uh, trust that's being trespassed or by this corporation, this court. Could you please handle it? And the state already know because they're the one that authenticates your birth certificate and your birth record. They, they, they got it, but you know, it's not like somebody sitting there keeping notes on it. They wait for right. you to if say something. Right, you don't something. say nothing. Right, right. There, okay. there you go. You don't say nothing and you don't show it. I got a certified copy from the county clerk or the, the registrar of these saying, I'm a, I'm a man. I have status. I'm not a, a character, a person, a dead character. I, I have that. I'm three-dimensional. I have status. And I have these two avatars so that they, they're dead, but they're not U.S. citizens. They're a non-domestic, and they're going to talk to all your other foreigners for me and tell you you're trespassing. We ain't paying you a penny. Let them tell you. I ain't going to say it. They could tell you that just as good as I could. Well, Mr. Rice, legal legal right. to three three minutes. Oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just re- I just remember equitable right, title, and uh-huh. interest. That's what's passed down to my avatars on that zero three eight five form that this guy spoke of earlier. That's on scribe, okay. but you can't get a picture. It's only half a picture. <laughs> Not even half. What would you say those three again? Say those three again. Yeah. Right. Equable, uh, right, title, and interest. That's that's what they that's what you delegating to those to those uh, assignee. Your equable right, title, and interest. Right is the one I mentioned okay. before. I'm just hoping that people could understand, yeah, these two rules. You got to be the owner in uh, 1212, and how to be the owner is in um, the uh, rule 220. Okay. And you also are going to be on Zoom on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right, but this is not teaching Zoom. This is, uh, you know, those who did the work and if we need to do any corrections or whatever, what you have done. If you ain't done nothing, please don't come on. This is I'm trying to move forward. We can't be going back. We want to get out of high school and get into college, and, and we don't want to step back and 
high school geometry, and we want to go into college geometry. Right. I'm trying to get out of school, period. I want to. <laughs> well, look at him. Size is here. Age majority, I, I think that's, that's your way out right there, if you ask me. I mean, there's other things to say yeah. to a man and a, and a woman, and I would deal that with the Pope. I have, I want to send that over to the Pope in England. They say, I'm a man now. Because mm-hmm. they don't know, I just told you, God, man, and then the Pope. The Pope is the administrator for man. Well, he don't know who the man is. I will let him know. Kirk Kellerback has a very good uh, form that you could send to them um, that basically states everything, using all kind of Fibonacci uh, retraction. This is, that's one of those uh, investment terms. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. superior claim. It's a claim that you're saying what you are and and you and you live he don't date he said don't date anything as a man or woman. You live in the here and now. You don't live in the past. Mm. You don't live in the future. The here You're and in now. the here and now. So you don't date nothing as a man. I'm sending that over to the to the Queen and to the Attorney General and say, please tell the United States that they're dealing with a man. Leave me alone. But give me my credit, give me my goal, set up my account, give me my card so I can cash and carry. Walk in, give me the card, and walk out with it, cash and carry. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about, folks. And I, I see it in my head. I'm hoping that I'm helping you to see it in yours. Yes. But don't get tied down with too much stuff. There's too much stuff out there they want tie you down, and, and I, like I say, Brother Amir, thank you. That information is great, and, you know, but I, I personally, you know, nationality, oh, that's all That's all nice too, but as a man on the land, I don't have it. I don't care about no that. Now, I'm just on the land and the soil. That's what I'm going to tell the queen. I'm on the land and the soil. They're on the water. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. I'm right. on the land and the soil. I don't have nothing to do with a nationality. You know, oh, okay, well, maybe I can't go in the U.N. and say, I, why don't I want to talk to the mother corporation? They're broke and bankrupt, too. I don't need to talk to those other bankrupt corporations. They're all bankrupt, so why I want to get with them? I don't need them. That's the problem. We want to be part of something in, in school. They always got those brats and sororities that they want to be part of. And, you know, my mother, no, you can't. Because if they jump off the cliff, then they don't want you to jump off the cliff. You can't, you're not going to be part of that. Mm-hmm. You're your own man. Well, don't worry about what well, they do. Right. Well, Mr. Wright, okay. we at the end of our time. And as always, I appreciate you. And it's like it's getting clearer and clearer. This is something, like you say, this is a lifestyle. We just can't mm-hmm. pick it up and put it down. you got to live it, be it. So and I, yeah. I really appreciate you bringing this to us every week. Yeah. How do people get in contact what? with you? Okay, uh, Rice Tech, 6557. On Skype, ID for Skype, S K Y P E, six five five seven 
657-556-657-557. And I have a lot of documents. I, I have some more, I, I, but I'm not putting them on there. When they block, when they blocked out my uh, 0385, I was like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. maybe I'm getting too, too into the closet for them. But they want you, know. you to pay. You know, they'll let you see it, but they it's about them getting money. They want they want you to pay. Yeah, but they didn't again, they only showed the first line. They showed the name of the form and the first line where I got my two my two assignees on. They didn't show the mm-hmm. notary stamping or the medallion seal. They didn't show none of that. They covered it all up. So I yeah, assume they have limitations too. No, no. And the information you pay it. If you pay oh, yeah. them, you pay, yeah, they'll show it. it to you. It's about the money. So they're yeah. using your well, knowledge, and they're making money off of it. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, but it, it might solve a lot of you people that's not up to that point. So I have other documents. You say trust passing. I got a complete system. I got rid of $3.5 mm-hmm. million dollars mm-hmm. because... You know, I just told them you trespassing. Show me your authority. And, to, and, and I mean, and it works. People are paying. Yeah. People paying them to be able to see your documents and other people's documents. They paying them. Well, I'm pretty sure I haven't been on lately, but I'm pretty sure I'm scattered all over the internet. They got me everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that that's that's more public notice that I'm giving out. <laughs> Thank you for the public notice. <laughs> And if you haven't seen my name out there, please Skype it to me or a link so I can add it on to my form when I pull, get pulled over or whatever here. All you got to do is Google. All you got to do is Google. I'm surprised you don't have a Wikipedia. What do you call that? Is that a Wikipedia? All you do is Uh-oh. Google your name. Yeah, oh, I do that. The Google's what gave me the, mm-hmm. the state residence, you know, at the General mm-hmm. of the United States uh, of America 1781 site that make me 200, I'm 287 person on that list as a state national. That right, right. But, uh, well, we need to, again, you know, go with the state passport. I need to go to that state passport, but once I get that age of majority, and I'll be sitting that in another week or two uh, less, you know, that okay. that should be it. I'll just say, well, give me a passport. Thank, yeah, thank you for explaining again the the um, the rule two twenty and the uh, publication twelve twelve because both of those are so important. Yes, and uh, next week we'll talk about the surrendering of some. You, remember, we create our own certificates. So what do we have to do? We have to surrender the one they gave us. And and rule uh, uh, 930, uh, 9303, UCC 9303, they got a section, a summary section to talk about. You got to surrender what they gave you, your vehicle. I surrendered the certificate they gave me. I have my own certificate that I would give the cops. This is my certificate. I'm born to you. Your own title. I'm your own time. Yeah. So I got my own. Yeah. Right. I'm the new I'm the new jurisdiction. They say the existing jurisdiction ceased to be effective when a new jurisdiction mm-hmm. come in. So mm-hmm. people think about it. Cease to be they cease to be in existence when you surrender their stuff back to them. 
And we got to do the same thing with the birth certificate and the birth record. So anyway, but they stuff, they stuff. stuff have they stuff have insurance uh, uh, bonds. So can't you cash some of them bonds in? When you surrender the certificate of title to them, yes, they're supposed to be cashing in. But my understanding through contractors, regular contractors that do work and subcontractors on a project, once the project mm-hmm. is finished, you still got to write a letter to them to release the surety bond. That's mm-hmm. the key. You can send them a letter. I need you to release whatever forms I need to fill out for you to release the surety bond. Either you release it or you send me the correct form so I can have you to release it. That's the administrative mm-hmm. process. They don't do that, then I'm putting a lien on them. You get a lien on you. They don't want that because it don't look good in uh, Dun and Bradstreet when someone put a lien on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right, Mr. Rice. Well, we'll talk about, we'll continue next week. And thank you. We really appreciate you and look forward to next Sunday. Peace and love, and- folks. See, some of you hopefully shall hear some of you Wednesday. If not, okay. Again, 675-305-0662. All right. Thank you, Mr. Rice. Appreciate you. And uh, join me right. tomorrow at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Dr. Robert A. Let's start with hope. In the middle like a skipping stone A ripple's one son of a gun Some would not have thought so But I stand here, commander-in-chief And I take that seriously But along the way A rogue ripple turned tidal wave In reaction to Tried to do a rebirth of a nation's hatred Red, white, and blue Is black in there too Seriously One man Rewriting the book on bad behavior Maybe cheats the neighbors Feels he gets what they pay for weekends Pat him on the back and send him on through. No man's ignorance will ever be his virtue. Is this the best we can be? Seriously. Let's talk of fear and why I don't bring it in here. It's a dangerous word. Spooks the herd and we all bleed in the stampede Fear makes a false friend indeed And I take it seriously Oh, hear me now For the truth gets drowned out By a demigod flexing A demigod flexing history
Hey. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.